Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Man, the sun is shining. I mean, sure, there's imminent white death approaching from the skies, but we're fine right now. You're okay tomorrow. Sunday is the day to watch. Uh, so, you know, go buy your bread and your milk and your sled and your boots. You think so? Man, I don't, man. Every time I go to the grocery store, it's like uh, the aisles are, you know, everything's empty. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on here? And I'm like, oh, snow is on its way. The, you, the thought of snow makes people just bombard the grocery stores of all kinds and just takes everything. I mean, everything. I'm just in there trying to get like one or two things like, well, dang, what's going on? See, I want like potato chips. I want stuff that I like. Snacks, yeah, yeah. yeah, snacks. I want to ask Lucas this, Lucas, because you're you're younger generation, obviously. So he's not doing anything. That means he's waiting till the so, last. Minute. So so the <laughs> the panic for decades has been bread and milk. You go to the grocery store, you know, there's like a half a gallon of buttermilk left, and then just some weird milk made out of nuts or something. <laughs> and, and, and then you go to the bread aisle, and it's like one loaf of wheat bread that got mashed on the back of the truck, and that's all that's there. Does your generation panic for milk and bread like ours does? Uh, I I think so, but I might not be the best person because I don't know if I'm that indicative of my generation. I don't panic. I'm pretty oblivious to that type of stuff. So but I'm I mean, sure. if, you, if you knew you had to have some stuff to eat, like it's like, hey, man, really you're not going to get out three or four days. What are you going? What's on your Lucas list? For oh, my Lucas list, I'm. I mean, I'm looking to. You mean when things are scarce? Yeah. Okay. Like snow times, ice times. Your man Blue says, "Hey, oh, buddy, go to the grocery store. <laughs> get us, get us stocked up. What are you coming home with? A lot of pasta. Yeah, he he went. He, he's going to Coco Market. He's going to Coco's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just went there. So yeah. you're you're buying a lot of pasta. Yeah, there okay. better be pasta left on those aisles. Okay. Well, I, th- I think you're going to be fine then. I don't know. If there's a big run on noodles, so I, I think you're okay. Well, but noodles. Do you have do you have a noodle more, of choice that you more than just noodles? Yeah. Pasta. I mean, do you have a noodle of choice that you yeah, go yeah. to? The, the the base level is penne pasta. Okay. That's yeah. That's the base level. Uh, my go to. He does that. I just go to North Italia <laughs> <laughs> at the restaurant. Well, uh, just make sure you get stocked up. A little bit of news today. Uh, all pro teams announced. Thank breaking you. news, breaking news. The Blaine Bishop breaking all, news signal. All pro uh, teams have been announced. Kevin Byard, do you remember, we were talking about him before the season, what kind of rebound would he have, and you gave a number that you thought, if he can get this many interceptions in his career, then I think he starts getting talked about for like, yeah, like down the road, down the road, the HOF. Yeah. Because he, yeah, because he's, uh, you know, he's a ball hawk. That's really his strength. That comes really easy to him. I'm the total opposite of that. Uh, so yeah, and I, I really, I thought he just pressed last year. I kept saying it over and over mm-hmm. again. But it also plays into you know, you know, pressure on the quarterback, uh, trusting in the players you're out there with because it was a rotation, a lot of different guys, which it was this year. But he got pressure because mm-hmm. uh, he has a lot of uh, skill sets where he can blitz, he can. You know, play man to man in the slot. He can play zone and can, you know, play deep middle. So there's nothing that he really can't do pretty good. Uh, so I, I wasn't surprised at all. I was more, more worried about going in last year that he was going to press and try to duplicate that. Cause I've been in that situation where you're trying to press and force things to happen and then you become impatient. And that's one thing I learned when you're playing back deep, you have to be patient. You know, if the quarterback turns his shoulder, that don't mean you take off and start running out of the deep middle if you're deep mm-hmm. middle. You know, you got to be patient, stay in your back pedal until he actually decides to make that throw. And then once he lifts and tilts his shoulder, mm-hmm. things you're supposed to be reading in game, then you take off. Uh, so I think he honed back on that. And he, he was probably uh, revigorated, uh, you know, to prove that uh, 
he is who he thought he was. And he had a heck of a year, yeah. And as well as the defense. So there's a lot of moving parts there to help, you know, a secondary player out that a lot of people don't uh, buy into. They just kind of look at the numbers. But, man, you know, you get that kind of pressure from Landry and, and you know, Dupree even, even without the numbers. But then you're talking about Big Jeff and Archery. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that makes your job a lot easier. I mean, Big Jeff and Autry, between the two of them, they got 17 and a half sacks. The that's team crazy. had 19 last year. That's from the interior guys. Yeah, that's insane. Then Landry got his dozen. And then who knows what Dupree can do on two legs. We'll hopefully start yeah. to find out more and more as his career goes yeah. on. Yeah, somebody asked me this, and it was I, mean, I want to bring it up now because it was kind of fascinating. It was like, how does this compare to the defense you guys had in, you know, in 99 or 2000? Mm-hmm. I said, well, I, I would say our, overall our defense was better. I said, but our defensive line besides Javon Curse couldn't match up with any of these guys uh, that are out there, you know, today. I said, now the linebackers and everything else you kind of hear are there. Mm-hmm. I said, Bayard probably would be a starter in our secondary uh, cornerbacks, you know, it kind of interchanged those guys with this year's team. So some similarities, but their their D line was so dominant. Our ours was not like that until we actually got into playoffs. Even though as a group we had multiple, we had a, a rotation of eight guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so to even equal that uh, overall, we were better defense. But just looking at their talents, Bayard would stand out mm-hmm. as well as their front four. Bayard makes uh, first-team All-Pro. It's the second time in his career. The last time he did this was 2017. He made first-team All-Pro in 2017 and then made it again this year. Um, So he makes second-team. This is the thing that stood out because I started looking. He had five more interceptions this year. You said 30 was kind of the magic number before the start of the season. I I will never forget that. So he's got 23 for his career. That's the same number for a Titans player as Samari. He's tied with Samari. (laughs) The only, now, there's Oilers. Who, oh, oh, by the way, yeah, no, nobody's better than Samari out there. He's the best cornerback Titans have ever had. Yeah, Samari. No yeah. doubt. A doorknob, right? He's all day long doorknob. <laughs> so, Bayard has 23 interceptions. That's the same amount as Samari. In Titans history, there's Oilers with more. There's a bunch of Oilers mm-hmm. with more. <clears throat> the most Titan interceptions. Do you know who it is? Uh, who was always a Titan. Always a Titan? Yeah, he was never an Oiler. He was only a Titan. But there's one Titan who has more interceptions hmm. than Samari and Bayard. They each have what 23. What is Samari? It's not Samari. Because I thought, it's Samari, hands down. It was not. One, he was only ever Give a me Titan. A, break it down. The safety or corner? He's same same position as you. I know who it is. Oh, as a Titan? Mm-hmm. You You do? That's Griff. It's Griff. Oh, right. Who I always and you've oh. always said. Yeah, people underestimate that. I, I I feel like Bayard is getting close to him. Yeah, he was just a great talent. I mean, really, he was. You know, Griffin cannot. You know, I know people. He played with a mess up shoulder. He was missing tackles, so people were bombing him away. And he ended up having to get the surgery afterwards. He was wearing that big old arm thing on there anyway. But he kind of showed uh, his talents from going to corner to safety to. Being kind of the free safety to then a box safety. He could do all those things really at a love clip. Now, I could say this. I think his instincts aren't quite as good as Bayard. And when I say that, I'm talking about taking film room to then actually applying it. Mm-hmm. But Griffin, by far, is the better talent. And that show based off of that's why he went first round. Right. Doesn't mean you're always the better player. I think. Uh, this year makes it really close if uh, Bayard is eclipsing him. I think going into next season, you start seeing him still kind of doing the same thing. I think then you could say he's the best safety in Titans history. Yeah. 
Well, you would never say yourself, but there's a lot of people who would say yourself. Uh, it's hard for me to say that, but Griffin and, and uh, based off their production, their numbers, uh, I, I would I would say. But you Griffin got asked and, to do different stuff, right? You it, did different. Well, it's stuff. totally different, you know. But I, I would say, I, I think fan favorite, I would probably be number one. But uh, those guys, uh, and they they were they're some great talents, and they played through some you know not so good teams mm-hmm. and some good teams. So that's kind of. They they're putting up numbers that are impressive, you know. So I have to give them much respect. Uh, I love Griffin's game, but Byers getting close. Every time we talk to Griffin, I always go to best safety to ever play in a Titans uniform. Well, and Byers like Byers, boy, he's knocking on the door. Yeah, I would say so. And I don't think Griffin has ever did he ever have two All Pros. I know one year he did. I know he made some Pro Bowls, but I I don't know if he made two All Pros. So it could be an argument that Byers has passed him. How many all pros for the Hitman? Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> I think I made two. I put it on my Twitter. I, I may be wrong. I may only made one. No, I, I wasn't a real big stack guy, and you know any of those things until I was done. Like every year, you know, I was if I was made the Pro Bowl, my goal was never to make the Pro Bowl. That's going to sound crazy. Never. Even Lucas didn't even look up. I just saw you know he was trying to. Blame. Blaine, your Wikipedia page has you as a second team All Pro in 2000, and oh. has Michael Griffin as one time second team as well. Oh, okay. So I made it twice then, huh? Oh, I I, I got hey oh. man. I only made only made it one time. I uh, know. Here we go. I'm on the Hitman's. This is Pro Wait Football on. Reference. If you look at my browser history on my computer, I spend the only, the one website I go to the most is Pro Football Reference. I'm on there. All the time. I love this website. I'm a stat nerd. Here you go. Hitman. All pro teams. 1995. First team. Uh, it says first team. Uh, all conference. All pro. Pro football weekly. Uh, and also the UPI, which there was Associated Press and the UPI. There used to be two writers organizations. Also, So 95, 96, and 2000. Uh, it has you listed oh. as three different all pro teams. Actually, four, but two in one year. And, and to be honest, guys, during that whole time, whenever I made it, I was super surprised. My whole focus was to be the best player that the God-given gifts that I were given mm-hmm. to make sure that I reached that level mm-hmm. as a player. I, I won't be as good. You know, naturally, my, my you know, inspiration was Ronnie Lott. Well, I'm not, I'm not as good as Ronnie Lott. I'm, talent-wise, I just can't get – if I had Michael Griffin's talent, now we're talking about something different. Now we're talking about something different. But, I mean, Griff, you know, if I had Byard's talent, eh, I think we'd be talking about something different. So, you know, I felt like I touched on the best talent that I was given, that I was the best player that I could be. And that was every game, game in and game out. Even if it was no splash plays, you know, that's what people, everybody sees or the, you know, the big interceptions or things of that nature. Well, one of them, I'm making plays just because I'm dominating the guy that I'm I'm covering and they don't throw to him. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, different than Big Jeff making it easier for archery. Right. Mm-hmm. So those things go unnoticed. But the people who are watching film evaluating you and watching you and trying to come up with game plans can tell you all those things. Uh, so that's kind of what my career was about really uh i wanted to win i wanted to win more than anything i wanted to win a super bowl like if the titans win a super bowl i mean i'm gonna feel like i was part of it yeah that's that was my whole reason for playing because not too many people 
uh, can say they have Super Bowl rings and they participate and was a big contributor. Yeah. You know, I, you know what I think the desperate we have to to somebody, even though if they were on the team, but it's like they were on the team like three weeks and they got Super Bowl ring. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then try to <laughs> flash it in front of everybody all the time. Success, yeah. Well, the I'm Titans like, would have some decisions to make, right, on who who would or wouldn't get the ring this year. Yeah. 91. And, and that's just who played. Oh. And not practice squad guys. Pat, I mean, yeah, there's is. well over 100 people who participated on this franchise this year. I think I did an event one time. Or maybe we were at the Super Bowl. Oh, gosh. And, we, and somebody was walking around and said, oh, hey, what's going on, man? You know, he was a nice little role player. I see his ring. <laughs> then I go, oh, what, what Super Bowl was you on? Oh, uh, 2000 Ravens? Huh? I don't remember you. What position you? You played wide receiver, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember you ever out there. <laughs> I don't remember you ever out there. You know who was on and that? And he was. He was. He did. Yes. I had to look him up. And he, he just was injured. You know, he didn't play a lot during the, that season. But he did the previous season. So I'm like, well, dang, you were on that team. You know, it's like, oh, man. that just It just burns me. My friend Brian Hall played Arkansas State. Free agent with the Ravens. Played in like two games or one game. Right place, right time, right? Super Bowl year. Went back to the practice squad. Has a Super Bowl ring. He and he only had one year ever in the pros. He played in like one or two games. Big fat. Now he doesn't fly me. He's not that guy. It's a home in a lockbox. But he got a Super Bowl ring one year in the NFL. Played in like two games. Which is, have you ever seen me wear my AFC Championship ring? I have not. <laughs> I need to go get my rings out of my truck. I got two. Uh, I got my two uh, Sunbelt rings. Oh, do you? Oh, they're, okay. oh, they're in your truck? Yeah, I keep them in there in case uh, I need them. By the way, if you, case if you, you steal them. things. Yeah, in case <laughs> I need them. You keep them in your truck. In my truck. In case you steal things, I really don't keep them in my truck. Oh, man. Uh, you mentioned Big Jeff. I know we got to go to the break. Big Jeff, third year in, in the league, second team all pro. He was tied for third in votes. It was Aaron Donald, of course, and uh, Hayward. And then Chris Jones and Big Jeff tied for third. So he got 10 votes. Tied for third. Uh, so, Big mm. Jeff, those are the Titan All-Pros. Man, Autry's not on the list. And neither is Landry. No. Yeah. No Autry, no Landry. But uh, Byard and Big Jeff get the recognition. They have back-to-back really good years. That's typically when you you kind of get over the snide. Yeah. Yeah. So, they do this again. They'll get what they deserve. And Big Jeff is so young. He's got a chance to be one of those guys who's on it a long time. Mm. You know, yeah. he's he's got that yeah, opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be trying to get him a new contract right now. I don't even know if you could do that. All right, Buck Rising is strutting oh, around in the hallway. He's was. coming up next. Let's yeah, uh, let's yeah. talk to Buck Rising next. You know him. He was just on about 18 minutes ago. He joins us next on Blade and Mickey. On? That was Buck. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. You can just just sense a presence in the studio. That's the addition of Buck Rising. Oh, that's his beard. It is. Yeah. Buck Rising's beard joins us. His beard is brought to you courtesy of Two Rivers Ford, some of the non-commissioned salespeople. They sponsor Buck Rising and his beard, Two Rivers Ford. Um, package deal. It's a package deal. <laughs> uh, is Viagra a package deal for players? How about that becoming a thing this week? Viagra for NFL football players to, to play in cold weather for blood flow. Well, quite yeah. literally a package <laughs> package deal. deal. 
quite quite literally a package deal. I, I'm a man of words, but words are my business. Artful. Just pay attention. And so if we see a lot of dudes out there with woodies, we know we know that they well, no, you don't even gotta see it. Naked, uh, you don't even gotta see it, Blaine. You're just gonna about. see a bunch of dudes like kind of hunched over walking in because they're trying to hide it. It's the oh, pleat in the pants. Man. I swear. Oh, hey, Teresa do Walker, you, you, who's the the angel of our business in this market, said, Well, you, you know, know what? Let's not make her too angelic. Our IT's games, got some stuff to her. Football games do last three hours, boys. That's yeah, what she said. You know what? No, to hell with Teresa for that. No, I made that. No. I, I thought that was great, man. Listen, Come on. You know why? I made that joke three times. I couldn't get a laugh out of Lucas, and then he looked at me and said the exact same thing after doing three hours of radio with me. Wait, wait, oh, I did. Wait, I was wait, like, wait. oh, wait till you hear what Teresa said. I'm I, I said that three times I made that joke yesterday. Well, when maybe you need to work on your presentation. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. It was your presentation. It fell flat, let's say. <laughs> Do you believe that, though? Do you actually believe what oh, sure. Bart's got? I mean, I, I have no idea. I mean, man. Well, Blaine, I mean... I, Times have changed, man. Well, I don't know. You've probably heard, and I don't know... Not that. Not that. <laughs> Not That's that. different. That's... Man, we had Bill Romanowski who told us he went to Germany and harvested sheep urine. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm saying. To like, ingest, to play and that. that was new to me, too, and all the different things that he was talking about. I was like, what the heck? I looked at him like he was crazy. Now, Blaine, your, your, your pro football colleagues are insane. You're all insane people, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Like, yeah. to do what you do for a living... And at any point, in any time, to do that for a living, you have to be a bit insane, as far as I'm concerned. So, like, when people say things to me like that, yeah, there's some shock value to it. Yes, it's kind of funny that Bart Scott completely dead, dead serious, dead serious, did not, did not blink, did not crack a smile, nothing. He said, Josh Allen, you should probably get that little blue pill if you're having circulation issues in your feet, because he has the... The worst completion percentage in cold weather of any of the uh, quarterbacks in the playoffs right now. And apparently it's because he can't feel his toes. Hmm. Naturally, that's the cure. He may be feeling something else uh, pretty soon if he decides to go that route. Um, Careful not to tackle him. Don't get too close. So do you think, well, let me ask you this. Since you mentioned his completion percentage in cold weather, which they're going to be playing in cold weather against a team that's beaten them in really cold weather and bad conditions on their own field already. Biggest possibility for an upset this weekend? Upset? AFC-wise. I really, I was shocked to see the Raiders as five-and-a-half-point dogs. Shocked. Mm -hmm. I think that defense is going to give Joe Burrow problems. He's so good, Joe Burrow is, and that skill position group is so, so talented, but, like, they cannot keep that dude upright. Like, I think that makes Joe Burrow more impressive, what they've been able to do, because he's running for his life like Ryan Tannehill was earlier in the season. Mm -hmm back there i i really think that's probably the biggest like based on the point uh the uh the the point total i think that's probably the biggest upset i think buffalo should be able to deal with new england there's just something mac jones yet at this point i don't it's not it's not evident to me that if they make him throw the ball more than 25 times that he is going to be able to throw them into another playoff game isn't it crazy though last time they couldn't make him throw it four he threw it three times. Well, that's, I mean, and, you know, there is a, there is Belichick stuff there. There is weather conditions involved with that. But also that tells me, honestly, and we talked to Coach Mack about this. I'm, I'm sure he's brought this this up with you guys if you talk to him about that first uh, New England Buffalo game in the weather. Josh Allen should have thrown it more because Josh <laughs> Allen has a rocket launcher attached to his shoulder. And he was ripping it. I mean, he was ripping it into the end zone to guys. 
So there's not going to be quite the wind factor because that was like a straight-up wind storm. Adam Schefter is not a big human being, but he straight-up almost got picked up and blown away. It's a shame that didn't happen. <laughs> it might have happened when he was trying to do the gritty. What's wrong with you? Dancing, <laughs> he lived, he lived Forget that guy. I like everybody but him. I was going to say, Mickey, you are the kindest person <laughs> I know for you to... For you to have such disdain. <laughs> no, it just goes, it's the Music City Miracle. He says that that, it, it, it Yeah, Mickey's been way play. ahead of the curve he on the Schefter. He said it's illegal play. Oh, he's a science denier at this point. Yes, show. he is, because there's science to prove it. Uh-huh. There's science to prove that Buck Rising joins us the same time every week, and he's here. <laughs> it was right once again, Buck Rising on Blaine and Mickey. Yeah. Where, where there's no science to being an all-pro. Give us your thoughts on who made it, and maybe Titans, who didn't make it. Yeah, so Kevin Byard, and it's an interesting conversation, one that mm-hmm. I... I I think that people are really going to start to have around KB because this is his second time first-team All-Pro. Um, he's been to the Pro Bowl multiple times. At what point do you have a conversation about him being one of the best players in almost the same kind of, I don't want to say the same kind of tones that you say Derrick Henry is putting together a Hall of Fame career, but this is notable, these achievements. And, I mean, I, I have to eat crow as much as anybody because I thought that Kevin Byard was one of their most underperforming players on defense last year. And it it's almost like I, I did what I accuse everybody else of doing, which is completely ignore how bad everything else was around him and the fact that he was having to make up for so much. So I think that KB, well-deserved. I think Jeff Simmons is a second-teamer. That's fine. Um, the way that, you know, if you're going to look at the guys that he's in that conversation with, I don't think that you can really nitpick too much. Um, I really, really think, and I believe this strongly, I think Danico Autry should at least gotten votes. Mm-hmm. I really do. There's so much that that dude does for himself, but also for others on that defense. And I know it's an individual award, but to ignore Danico Autry's impact this season, I mean, there's a lot of talented defensive linemen. I know all pro is super selective. It would be tough for me to see that guy not getting a single vote other than people just don't know who Danico Autry is. Mm, yeah, no doubt about it, and kind of parlayed into, you know, Pro Bowl, as well as, for me, I gave him defensive MVP. If you were going down on the regular season, kind of break us down who you have as your MVP for each side of the ball, as well as special teams. Mm. You cover them closer than anybody, you should know. Well, Randy, for special teams, forever yeah. and ever, amen. That's epic. Um, although I, I heard, I heard, uh, you guys talking, well, before we came on air, before you guys got on air talking about Morgan Cox and how consistent he's been, how big a factor that plays in special yeah. teams that cannot be slept on, but Randy, you got to give it to him. Um, defensive MVP, I would say Danico Autry. I really would. I think there's a lot that's there for that guy to create. And I think that offensively it's, it's tough to say anybody but Ryan Tannehill cause just because he's the only one who's lasted 18 weeks <laughs> of regular season football. And to his credit, you know, he's been hugely... The turnovers were bad, mm-hmm. right? And he's clearly been taking better care of the football from the start of the finish, uh, for the start of the season to season's end. Um, and the numbers aren't there to support maybe whatever MVP, whatever you qualify as MVP. But there is something to be said about there being a stabilizing presence mm-hmm at the starting quarterback position and the fact when, you know, you saw him with proper protection or competent protection and a healthy complement of skill position players, dude's offensive player, uh, offensive player of the week in the AFC this week. Man, I think we that's... had all of the same guys, so you have to break this tie. Who is your most improved guy? NWI. We still had to say. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's not. I, yeah, that, I mean, he played. Like, it's okay. He it's clear cut, yeah, right? The is. dude, the dude right, has well, done incredible. All right, things. let's go defensive and most improved. Hmm. Can't be Simmons. David Long. Ah, oh, there's it. David Long, right? See, I'd say Christian Fulton because he went from playing I, six I, I games said, and they uh, didn't know if he was a slot or an outside guy to being their number just to one put him outside on the list, guy. I said Fulton as well as Landry go from, what, five, six sacks to 12. I know he should be, but I wanted to put him on there somewhere. Sure. How do you, you know, it happened. I'd push back on Harold just because, Harold, the, the pressures have been there, right? Max Crosby is not getting near enough talk, even though he had more individual pressures. Max Crosby is not dropping in the coverage at all. No. Go watch some of the games now. I mean, I know Harold you're watching. Yeah. He's dropping in coverage. One time I saw him run on a go or seam route. No, I know. It's, I it's, was like, what the heck? The why, is he, too. why is he doing that? Oh, they called that for him to drop. And they did that with Bud, though. They did that with Bud a yeah. couple of times. And that's something when you watch like the Pittsburgh Steelers, they do that with Watt. And when they had Dupree, they did it with Bud as well. So like, that almost made me less offended by the idea that your best pass rushers are dropping into coverage. But again, Harold, the pressures were there last season. So yes, I, they were. I mm-hmm. don't think that Harold, I'm not trying to take anything away from him this year because obviously sacks are the more tangible stat for people to quantify. But I think that David Long to unseat Jayon Brown as a entrenched starter in this defense and Rashawn Evans for that matter because they're both not starting games at this point. Rashawn played two snaps, two snaps last week defensively, and Jayon was a healthy scratch. David Long, I mean, Christian Fulton was at least starting in those games. So for David Long, I would say from not being anything but a rotational player to now full-time starter and arguably their best inside linebacker, I think that that's a pretty substantial improvement year over year. Well, with Bug Rising, he missed a lot of games, too, by the way. But I called it last year long was the better linebacker on the team. I didn't know what they were looking at. So, yeah. So that, yeah. That, that's why it doesn't Listen to Blaine Bishop, much. damn it. He's no, been on the long train. Listen to him. I've been on the long You've train for a while. You've been on the long train for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So it hadn't changed. I'm not saying I'm all right, but that one I did get right. Well, that's what John Let alone, I had George about 14, too. No I, way. I just want to let you know. Well, I did not. I, I bet a lot. I lost a lot of money yeah. on Monday, Blaine. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, real quick, so we're sort of talking about games. Call a shot, because we're doing call your shot today. Spicy. What upset do you see in the super i don't know why it's called super but you tell me you're a lot smarter than me or your beard is about the wild card but who's going to get upset the beard the beard has a brain of its own i mean yeah. i really do think it's going to be cincinnati as as we talked about earlier i really i truly do um but i think dallas i think dallas should be just as worried i think if jimmy g looks right. anything like he did on sunday he played a he played a hell of a game yeah he really did so if we're just to look at both sides of the of the bracket right now i think Bengals should be most on upset alert this week, and I think that Dallas hosting San Francisco. I yeah, think that see. I think that's the two seven game, right, Lucas? We looked that up earlier. Pretty sure that's the two seven game in the no, NFC. No, Bucks. It's Bucks. Eagles. The Bucks are the two seed. Either way, Dallas on upset watch. Ooh. Well, that's my shot. As much as I'm a Tom Brady guy, yeah, I better watch out for them Eagles. I think Ooh. no, I think that's real. Yeah, because they can run the football and hurts. Guess what? Record number of touchdowns by a quarterback in Eagle history. 
we all know some of the list of the quarterbacks have been there that can run the ball. I mean, yeah, put me pretty down good for Randall Cunningham. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Mike, Cunningham. Mike Vick had some Mike, spicy yeah. years there, too. <laughs> Mike, Vick. Mike Vick had some spicy years. Ooh, Even late in his a, career there, he did. Show did. Ooh, you talking about a blaze of lightning right there, man. We're on with Buck, and his beard is a blaze of lightning, by the way, <laughs> from 104.5. It does look good today. I won't lie It to you. does look sharp, man. You got to cut up the trimmed up, man. It looks it good. So I did a hit with the Jacksonville guys uh, down there, 1010XL, uh, that's the Jaguar station. And we were talking about just their fortunes, and they wanted to know, you know, from the prospect of someone who covers another AFC South team, like what do Titans fans think? And I was like, I, I can't describe the joy that this is bringing people <laughs> in Nashville. Just watching this thing, it's a trainload of dumpsters wrecking on fire. But I said, here's the thing. Let me ask you guys. Does Shad Khan not always have his money out? Like, what do you need? What do you need? He's like the friend's dad who's like, what do you guys need? He's willing to pay. And he said, oh, he committed to a billion dollars worth of contracts. I said, to me, the biggest problem that the Jaguars have is his judgment. Yeah. Because I said, the Titans had this guy, Tommy Smith. It was another part of this Adams family. He was running the team into the ground. The only difference between now and then is a beautiful, kind, sweet lady with good judgment and an open checkbook showed up. And this is a completely different franchise. Yeah. I mean, Amy Adams strunk. Look at the Giants, the Mara family. Hmm. Uh, there, are, there are teams who franchise who are repeatedly making bad decisions over and over. She seems to keep making the best decisions over and over. It's If you're a Titans fan, like you should have a picture of that lady up in your house, in your man room. Well, like we used to see the the what do you call them the holy candles of Marcus Mariota, Saint, Saint Marcus. Marcus. There's some Saint <laughs> a- Amy Adams struck oh, ones my. floating around. <laughs> now, listen, I mean, bad teams stay bad for a reason, yep. right? Uh, ineptitude, and it starts at the very top. If you don't have people making good decisions, or frankly, like Miami, who has been utterly irrelevant, other than they made the playoffs one year. Ryan Tannehill got hurt, and Matt Moore got crushed by the Pittsburgh Steelers in a playoff game. The Miami Dolphins have been largely, they were at one time, I don't got to tell you guys this, at one time, one of the most winningest sports franchises in all of sports. And now they're a laughingstock because Stephen Ross, who, you know, listen, Stephen Ross, they have facilities. They will spend for players. They will spend for coaching contracts. But he meddles. He gets involved in ways that ownership should not be involved in. You hire people and delegate people to do the jobs that you've put them in position to do. Then let them do the job and don't have these Deshaun Watson things just swirling over your team constantly until after the trade deadline. And then when did the Miami Dolphins go on that seven-game win streak? After it was settled, the two was going to be the court, I swear to God. After it was decided, they could, they physically could not do anything to trade for Deshaun Watson at that point. Dead, over with, done for the season. They were hugely consistent. Ownership that medals. And Titans fans, I mean, the whole conversation when I first got here in 2015 is who the hell is the owner? Like, who was the, who was the main person in charge? Because there were all these names that get that kept getting tossed out about who was in control and does the li- is the league pressuring them to sell and is Bon Jovi in the mix? Shout out Jason Lockenfora. <laughs> what a fun time that was to be alive. <laughs> but like, I mean, it felt dysfunctional. And you're talking about Tommy, Tommy Smith. Like, I know this 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 uh, pick these pictures were making the rounds this weekend of Tommy Smith, Ken Wisenhunt, and my guy who was the jet, Rustin Webster. Mm-hmm. Rustin Webster. Those three on the day that Wisenhunt was hired, next to Amy Adams, Strunk, Mike Vrabel, and John Robinson on the day that Mike was hired. And how much different one picture felt from the next. Ownership 
is the reason for sea change in organizations. And if they stay bad because they meddle, because they aren't involved, because they'll sign the checks but then don't follow, they, like Shad Khan, who feels like they get halfway done with things mm-hmm. and it never they never see it through. Ownership can absolutely damn you as a franchise. And the Titans, I mean, to Amy's credit, she's done a lot to right the ship that way. Yeah. Buck Rising hanging out with us here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, since we're talking about ownership and Titans uh, involved in all of this, what do you think, not only the state, but the Titans should do with Nissan Stadium? Should it be a renovation? Or should be a new demolition <laughs> over. Uh, let's just say I'm gonna give you a broad breath. Ten year window. Something must be done. What would you do? Give us your plan. You're on their advisory board to the Titans. <laughs> Tell yeah. us what you would do. Business decisions are not my forte, so this will sound <laughs> laughable. Yes, let's go. But here's what I'll say. Okay, I I know that there's a lot of I know there's a lot of angst about Nissan Stadium because. You know, fortunately, outside, I've been to a soccer game. I've been to a soccer game at Nissan mm-hmm. Stadium as a fan. Never been to a Titans game, so never experienced it from that angle. Mm-hmm. You know, paying for parking and sitting in the seats, and you're out there in the weather, and blah, blah, blah. Um, from that standpoint, Nissan Stadium is just a giant hunk of concrete. But it sits right there on the East Bank. If you do well to develop around it and you make alterations. Now, I won't say minor alterations because there's going to be a significant cost point right. associated. So they're talking about 600 million. 600 million is probably, you know, that's probably where the conversation starts, to be honest with you. Well, be- can you build a stadium for a billion? I mean, you can build a stadium for a billion, but you're not go- what what are you going to do with the land in the meantime? You're never going to get PSC medals to move at all. There's way <laughs> too much money involved with that. As big an eyesore as it is sitting there yeah. on the East Bank. You're not going to demo the stadium and build up a new one because where are you going to play in the meantime? Like, you're not going to take this mess over to Vanderbilt. That oh. would be a disaster. Oh, well, well, why not? Oh, Blaine. <laughs> Blaine played in that place. Well, I, I did it, so I don't understand. What's the problem? You don't are, are, are you talking about being spoiled here? Yeah. I mean, what's Hell going yes. on here? Hell Hold yes. on now. Life doesn't have to be back. that way anymore, Guess what? Blaine. Then you could then renovate the stadium. No. Yeah, and then no. uh, next thing you know, you have a nice... You know why I say that? Uh, and not about the Vanderbilt, but more so I'm asking this question is because do you want to make this city turn into something really special? Because now you can create a lot more events if you have a new stadium sure. that is indoor, and maybe you make it indoor-outdoor, and then now you can bring all of a sudden, oh, Super Bowl, oh, National Championship, oh, NCAA Championship. You can start bringing all these things, and next thing you know, you feel like you're covering yourself and then you're making some money besides you know you have to go through this you know what goes up comes down well sometimes you have to be down maybe uncomfortable to then build up to help this state make more money and put them on the map even more so than they are today sure but you're talking about stuff that's going to have to be publicly funded like right that's what i said that's yeah, it state. people that's aren't going to go saying state yeah people mm-hmm. aren't going to go for that i mean it's just they're going to they're going to renovate it before they before they demo it and that's just and, the way it's going to be and i i think you're now that's called a band-aid and then you'll do the Band-Aid again, and then you're going to look back and say, well, shoot, we could have just built, you know, spent, you know, a million, five billion and, and, and called it a day and suffered for one season. Well, we've suffered through this whole segment. <laughs> 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 Boom. Boom. Oh.
All right. Uh, Buck, like us, will enjoy a weekend of just watching football on TV, but not covering football. It will be magical. Buck, thank you. As always, we appreciate the time. Always appreciate a you. pleasure, kids. All right, thanks, Buck. All right, Buck is leaving some tickets. Is this right? What? Predators Buck, tickets. Yeah, we yeah. got them to give away, Lucas yeah, says. he All bought right. them. He just bought them earlier Admit, today. They don't want me giving away those it's tickets. Ticket you Thursday with 104.5 The Zone. The National Predators caller 5 now. 104.5 The Zone. 615-737-1045. You got a chance to win tickets to Tuesday night's Preds game versus the Vancouver Canucks in Smashville. The puck drops at 7, gang. So make sure you can be there if you're going to win these tickets. National Predators regular season tickets to all games are on sale right now. To you, John Q. Public, for more information on Predators tickets, just go to nationalpredators.com slash tickets. Let's go, Preds. Call. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. I got some playoff first-round upset numbers for you guys. I meant to tease this, but we were just so enraptured with our Buck segment because I I was going to tell people, hey, don't go away because you need to hear this. So if you're still here and you were thinking about going away, don't go away because you need to hear this. So I got curious, and I started looking back a year, then another year, then another year. I got back to 2015. That's a pretty good sample size. Let me ask you guys this. And obviously, there's some teams now in the playoffs. There were six, so playoffs are slightly different. Since 2015, Lucas and Blaine, what percent of these wild card weekend games, what percent do you think are upsets of these games? Since 2015. So there were four games in 2015, four in 2016, four in 2017, 2018, 2019, mm. uh, in 2020. 100%. There were six games. So that just tells you how many games. Of all of these games since 2015, what percent do you think were won by lower seed? Mm. And there was even a four and five game, you know, in those. So, so slightly oh, different, but still man. lower seed. What 60%. How many? 60 um, uh, I'm going to go 43%. If this was the price is right, Lucas would have just won both showcases. What? Oh, no. Guys, it's 62% no <laughs> since 2015. Listen to this. So it's always upsets. It's crazy. Because I started looking back in time. I got to 2015. 60. Four of four games were won by the lower seed. Then the next year, 2016, none of the four. But that was the last year that there were no upsets on opening weekend, 2016. So in 2017, two of the four teams, that includes the Titans beating Kansas City. Yep. In 2018, three of the four wild card games were won by the underdog. Uh, in 2019, three of the four games were won by the overtime or by the underdog, including Tennessee at New England. Crap. Tennessee was the, yeah. was the um, underdog for that game. Just wild card. So, yeah, it doesn't just include wild the Baltimore card game. game. And in 2020... Four of the six, including Tennessee losing to Baltimore last year. That was a wild card weekend game that the Titans lost to the lower-seeded Ravens 62% of the time. So here's the thing. We're looking at this this year. Buck was on, and we're going to call our shot in, what, about an hour from now? And and I just keep thinking, gosh, how are any of these underdogs going to win? History says they six win. out of ten win they these win. rascals, at yeah. least since 2015 anyway. Yeah. 
I didn't think that. I wonder what the history is. That's why I kind of went with a lower number. But they de- they're definitely always upsets. You can go, what? Yeah. Even, yeah, what did you say, 40 how many? I said 40, I don't know. Like 47%? Yeah, 40. Mm-hmm. If you would have said that before, like, I'm going to say 47 Lewis, and Lucas said 60, I would have said, Lucas, you're crazy. There's no way the underdog wins 6 out of 10. I would have said, Blaine, you're crazy. I bet it's more like 3 out of 10. No, 6 out of 10 since 2015. More than that, 62%. Little hint, and this is not the same because it's a different. Uh, it's not the NFL, but this is why I picked Georgia over Alabama. Typically, when you play the team the second time, the the number of the upset of them beating you the second time is highly unlikely. So I went that direction only for that. And they say typically it's a blowout. And go back and listen to what I said. I said a blowout. I still I wanted to you embrace it because of I didn't want to go against 15. Saban. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, and so that's kind of why I went based off of a stat just like this. Or I would have been all in. How can you go against Alabama? I mean, really? People are saying this was Saban's best coaching job maybe that he's done based on who he had available and what was left. And you think about that. And, and who did we have on? Brandon Marcello said – you know, this is, I think it was Brandon who said, I mean, Georgia's got a real chance because of all of Saban's national championship teams, this is one of the, the worst. worst ones. So you have so many teams that play in the championship that you're literally saying, this is one of the worst ones of your championship game appearing team. That's it's just horrible. sick what they've yeah, done. Say that. And they're probably going to be right back in it next year. Because yeah. your quarterback's going to be a senior. And I mean, well, I don't know. Or a, no, no, junior. he's going to, I'm sorry, he's going to be a junior. But he's coming back is what I meant to say. No, he was that dude. He's only a sophomore. Yeah. So <laughs> So there you go, 62%. And Lucas won it again, man. We, we got, it, it takes two of us to try to take him down. We're going to have to take him down. Did you guy. think I'm going to guess high on this? Because how in the world did you get that close? This is up underdogs winning. He said no. I'm just well, just thinking about guys. the Titans in recent years. I mean, the Ravens game, they lost. The Ravens game, they won, even though that wasn't wild card weekend. But before that, and they they couldn't be the only ones. So I, I, I highballed it. Okay. Well, but the game that got them to the Ravens was them beating Tom Brady in his last yes. game. That was yeah, wild card weekend. Mm-hmm. So, and the yeah. game with Marcus in Kansas City where he threw his own self a touchdown pass. <laughs> that that was another one where the underdog won. Nobody thought they could win that, that game. Was incredible. I mean, and that's uh, both conferences, right? Game. What? Both conferences, right? Yeah, this is everybody. I mean, the Bucks got all so, the way to the Super Bowl without hosting a playoff game. <clears throat> Here, Last year. Here's the overall number. It's 16 of 26 lower seeds have won since 2015. 16 of 26. That's the 62%. Hey. I, I went back and read the stats. I went back and looked through every page again four times because I thought this can't be real. But it's real. I'm going to put that stat out. I'll put it on Blaine and Mickey so you can uh, follow it up. All right. Hour number two coming up. Wow. If you're just getting in the car, two Titans have made all pro. We will tell you all about that. And more next, it's Blaine and Mickey on Friday, yeah, yeah, 104.5 The Zone.